You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. Amen. Well, good morning. It's a joy to be with you this morning. I get to kick off our summer series today. And um, our summer series is called Follow Me. We're going to be in uh, the New Testament this summer looking at all these different times when Jesus says, follow me. It's something that he says often. And so uh, for this week and the next kind of five weeks after this, we will be looking at what it means to follow Jesus. We follow all sorts of things all the time. Maybe you're not aware of how much you follow things, but you do. We follow people. We follow organizations. We follow social media events. We follow headline news. We follow world events. We follow websites. We follow our investments. We follow the Raptors to see if Kawhi Leonard is going to sign with the Raptors or not going to sign with the Raptors, and then he doesn't sign with the Raptors. And if you have a smartphone in here, you probably have a weather app on there. There are so many things that we follow. And if we're honest, and we kind of did a little bit of an evaluation of how much time, energy, and effort we put into all of the things that we pay attention to and focus on and follow, and then compare them to how much time and energy and focus we put to following Jesus, if we're honest, we'd probably be a little bit embarrassed. The amount of time that we put, the amount of searching and going after other things, other things ultimately, listen, that haven't had the impact in our life that Jesus can. No social media, no person, no weather, no stock, no Whatever it is that fills our minds and our our affections to follow can ever compare to the work of Jesus Christ. That he would eternally redeem us to the Father through faith in him, through his work on the cross. And then we ignore him. We just act like, you know, we got CBC, we got Facebook, we've got, you know, whatever newspaper you're reading, the weather, Jesus. And he's just like another thing in the line of the feet of all of the things that come into our life. Really, when we compare it to what's going on in the rest of the world and then all of eternity, even compared to the rest of the world and all the things that are going on, we should be spending way more time seeking after Jesus because of his love and his mercy and his compassion for us. We should be way more diligent. I should be way more diligent at following Jesus. And I just confess that to you now and everyone who's gonna get up here this summer, we know we need to hear this And so it's our prayer that as God helps you to hear this too, it would cause your heart and your affection and your love and your longing for Jesus to grow. As you understand, you know, we're going to look at a few things today. We're going to look at what are the benefits of following Jesus. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some practical things about what does it mean in your life day to day and and how you think when it comes to following Jesus. And we'll wrap up with understanding um, some of the costs to following Jesus. And so uh, no better place to learn than from Jesus himself, right? So if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open it up to John chapter 10. John chapter 10 is where we're going to be today. Jesus is having a conversation through the first two-thirds of John 10 with a whole bunch of religious leaders and regular people. And in this, he starts to use the illustration that he would use throughout his ministry, and that is of a shepherd and a sheep. In verse 11, he uses the famous verse. He says the famous verse that many of you are familiar with, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He wants these people to know that there's, there's a following of him, just like a shepherd follows a sheep. But this shepherd cares for them in a way that, that regular people you know, can't care for each other. 
The good shepherd cares for us in a very special and unique way. And it's my prayer that as we look at the benefits of following Jesus this morning, it'll cause your desire to follow Jesus to grow. Maybe some of you are in here right now and you're like, I already am a follower of Jesus Christ. So I don't know what this is for me. No, no, no. This is for all of us because the truth and the reality is there is so much to following Jesus that we sometimes, we kind of forget about and we don't pay attention to. And the benefits of following Jesus that are there for us to be blessed by, to benefit from, to enjoy are amazing. But honestly, myself included, sometimes we kind of forget about them and we try and do life on our own. And Jesus is like, hey, look at the benefit package that I've offered you here. Look at all that I have provided for you. Don't ignore that. Now, maybe some of you are here and you're like, I don't follow Jesus. I came because somebody invited me or I wouldn't call myself a Christian. I wouldn't call myself a follower of Jesus Christ. But you're willing to kick the tires a little. Okay, that's cool. Listen to the benefit package of what it means to follow Jesus this morning, right? Because he has a lot in here for us. That verse in John chapter 10, verse 11, just look at it briefly before we get into our, the main part of our text. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We could really just talk about that and go home right now. That someone would die for us. That God would send his son Jesus to die on a cross for people who rebel against him, who sin against him, who oppose him so often. Yet he loves us and he sends his son Jesus and he dies for us. That's amazing. You are loved. See you next week. We could do that right now. But that's not how Jesus' whole conversation goes with these people. He has this conversation in verses 1 through 18, and then he leaves them for a little while. He kind of lays the groundwork of, hey, I'm the good shepherd. This is what I want you to know. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And then he, he moves away from them for a while, because you can see in the beginning of our text, in verse 24, it says, at that time, scholars believe that about two months has passed. And it says, at that time, and now he's coming back, to circle back on the conversation that he had before and give them some more specific details. And this is what we're going to look at. Look at in verse 22. <clears throat> Excuse me. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter. I want to pause for a second here. This isn't hugely important, but very interesting. The Feast of Dedication takes place, and I didn't know this before I studied this this week, but I'm sharing my homework with you, and hopefully you'll enjoy it too, okay? The Feast of Dedication takes place on the 25th day of the, month, of the Jewish month of Kislev, which translates into our calendar as December 25th. It's Christmas Day. The Feast of Dedication is now referred to as the Festival of Lights, or Hanukkah. They're celebrating this event that they remember, 165 BC, the rededication of the temple back to God. As God had provided for them to, people had come in and taken it over and they were able to, by God's grace and faithfulness, take it back. And so they're celebrating God's past faithfulness. Just think about that for a second. Celebrating God's past faithfulness. Now they're standing there with Jesus in front of them. And this is what they say. Verse 23. Jesus is walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. It's interesting. They're there to remember God's past faithfulness, but they're failing to see his current faithfulness and blessing right in front of them, right? How often are we just like that, though? We think about all that God has done, but we don't trust him with what's next. And they say to him, if you are the Christ, tell us. Now, they likely weren't asking for him to reveal his 
messianic prophecy fulfillment so that they could fall on their faces and worship him. They were probably asking, more likely, to try and get him to say something self-incriminating because as Jesus knew and they understood, if he proclaimed himself to be the Christ as they were thinking he was going to do, it would mean political, spiritual, and military fallout that would ultimately change everything. Now, Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Christ, and Jesus does change everything, but not the way that they were expecting him to. And so he begins to have this conversation with them. He wants them to know some things. So he says this, verse 25. I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe them because you are not among my sheep. Jesus here, he kind of puts it back on them. He wants them to know, yeah, okay, I haven't said it explicitly that I am the Christ, but he wants them to know that they should be getting that from what's been happening. You can see there in verse 25, he says, the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. It's kind of like, the miracles, they're pretty amazing, right? Only God could do those. Like, he, like without saying it, he's trying to say it. He's trying to like, how do I make it any more clear? I'm doing these in my Father's name and you're not picking up what I'm putting down here, that I am the Christ. And so they're kind of frustrated. They're just like, come on, tell us, tell us. And he's like, listen, like, even if I say it, you'd want me to prove it, so I've already proved it, and you don't even believe it. Now, we get to the end of verse 26. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. A failure to believe in Jesus will mean a failure to belong to Jesus. These people are not in his sheep. They don't believe, so they don't belong. Maybe that's you here this morning. You don't believe in Jesus, not for the forgiveness of your sin. You believe that he was a historical person, but you haven't put your faith and trust in him, and you are not one of his sheep. You can be this morning. You can, you can, everything can change this morning. You can go from not a sheep to a sheep this morning. But if you are one of his sheep then this morning, that is because you believe, because the reverse is true. If not believing means you don't belong, that means if you do believe, then you do belong. This is benefit number one that we're going to look at this morning. Believing means belonging. If you believe in Jesus, that his works were real, that he is who he says he is, the son of God, that he died on the cross and rose from the dead, that you and I can be forgiven of sin, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved, you can be one of his sheep. Believing means belonging. If you believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin, you belong to him. How awesome is that? You belong to God. But if we don't believe, then we don't belong. No matter what you do, because the world wants to say, the evil one tries to spin it another way. Oh, but you just have to do this. So if you just do that, God will be happy. With it. That's not how it works. Right here we see Jesus. You don't believe, so you don't belong. But if you do believe, then you do belong. Jesus says there in verse uh, 25, the works that I do bear witness about me. He wants them to know, listen, I'm giving you proof right now with all that I've done. And I want us to just think about the proof of the things that he's done. In the book of John alone, in uh, John chapter 5, a lame man walks. His legs didn't work. Jesus makes his legs work. Who can do that but God? In John chapter 6, Jesus walks on water. 
You're like, I'm Canadian. I do that every winter. No, this is different. Not that kind of, this is like not frozen water. Like, who can do that but God? John chapter 9, a man born blind. Jesus gives him sight. In chapter 11, dead Lazarus is coming back to life. Who can do that but God? Nobody. We're looking for the Christ, the one sent from heaven. Okay, I've done all of the things that only God can do, but you don't believe. So you're not my sheep. But listen, if you do believe, though, then you are one of his sheep. This is the benefit, the blessing of following Jesus, that you belong to him. Have you ever been somewhere where you have to wear a wristband for some reason? Maybe it's like you went to a concert, or you were on a cruise, or you went to a resort, or you were at a camp, or something where, like, if you don't have that wristband, like, you're not supposed to be there. Have you ever noticed, seen someone who doesn't have a wristband? Even if they're, like, it's one of your family members, and they're supposed to be there, you're just like, <gasps> you don't have your wristband on, you're going to get kicked out, you shouldn't be here. And if your wristband falls off, you're immediately going to somebody to be like, can you get this back on here? I don't want to get kicked out. I know that I need this to belong here. Jesus, essentially, in his conversation here, all right, in the same way you need that wristband to jump in the pool and to get in the food line, he's, he's addressing all these people who are trying to sneak in the pool. They're trying to cut the line to get in for food. They're trying to get into the concert, but they don't have a ticket. They don't have what they need to get in. They don't believe. But listen, if you do believe, then you do belong. You don't have to worry about not belonging, about being removed. You are welcomed into the presence of God. You are family with God. You are adopted co-heir with Christ. Awesome. You belong. There is nothing greater. No concert, no conference, no resort, no camp, no anything that you could ever get a wristband to get into that's going to compare to believing in Jesus and belonging to his family. Nothing compares. Some of you are here this morning and you are feeling lonely. You feel like you don't belong. You don't have people around you. Maybe you feel lost or abandoned or scared or worried. Listen, come and belong. Come to the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, who cares so much that he has made a way for the curse of sin to be removed through Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Jesus this morning. Believe and belong. If you are a believer here this morning, then like myself, this should be causing some gratitude to well up inside you. As I've been studying this week, I just keep thinking about how my love for God, my affection for him, my worship, my obedience, all of that just needs to increase as the thankfulness that I am no longer a not sheep, but I am one of his sheep that I, I, I'm no longer separated, but now I belong. I've been brought into the kingdom. That can't help but cause a desire and affection to honor God with your life more. That looks like you want to honor him. You want to you wanna show him that you love him. You want the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, all of the things that God has for you. You want to see them more in your life because you're just thankful that you're not outside anymore, that you've been brought in, that you belong. So is that happening? Has it been happening? Maybe you believe in Jesus for salvation, but you struggle with some of the trusting. You're like, I have the, I have the wristband, so I know I can get in, but I'm just going to stand on the outside for a while. I know that I know I'm going to be with you for all eternity because I believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin, 
but the blessings and the benefits of being your child and being belonging to you, I'm, I'm going to try and get through some of these things on my own over here for a little while. It's like you have to go into the concert. Go in and receive the blessings that God has for you. But I do this too. And we act like we don't belong. If you belong to Jesus, then you need to live that out by receiving all that he has for you. And it starts with just a joy to know that you belong. That you belong to him and he has done this for you. He cares for you. He loves you. His plan is best. He's given you his word that you can know him because he cares. If we believe we belong. Now, Jesus is about to contrast there. At the end of verse 26, he says, you do not believe because you are not my sheep. And then you can see in the beginning of verse 27, he switches and he says, my sheep? Now, this is a big contrast, and you're going to see a whole bunch of blessings flowing out here. Here's what he says, verses 27 through 29. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This leads us to point two. Belonging brings major benefits. If you belong to Jesus, there are major benefits that God's word is clearly laying out for us here right now. Specifically, we're going to go through these. Listen, but if you're here right now and you're not a follower of Jesus, look at the list as they come up on the screen and try to find one that you don't need. And for the believer in the room right now, hopefully this will be as encouraging to you as it has been to me this week that, man, I... I'm missing out on some things. I'm not receiving benefits as I ought to. I'm not enjoying what God has for me like I should. So let's, let's go through these. These are going to come up on the screen twice, just so you know. Not because I don't think that you understand them, but we're going to go through and learn them, and then we're going to go through it a second time and see what they should then mean to our lives, okay? So follow along with me in the text. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Uh, this is the blessing of direction, my sheep, God's sheep, hear his voice. Special and unique is the follower of Jesus Christ in that we can hear from God. When he speaks, we can hear. He can give us direction. How does he do that? He gives us direction by his Holy Spirit. The question is, are we listening? As God speaks through his word and by his spirit time and time again, he guides and he directs and he communicates to us. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I need direction. You can have direction from Jesus. God wants to give you direction. It's one of the blessings of being a follower of Jesus. He says this, my sheep hear my voice, the next one, and I know them. This is the blessing of being known. Think about it for a second of who it is that knows you. The I here, I know them. The I there is he who spoke and all things existed, who upholds the universe by the word of his power. The psalmist says he speaks and mountains melt. This is the same I who in Matthew 28 says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. That's who knows you. He's the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. So he knows us. And then we, from verse 11, he lays down his life. He knows what we need and he, and he helps us. Have you ever had a situation where you're like, oh yeah, but I know someone who can help me? You know nobody who can help you like Jesus can help you. All authority on heaven and earth, he has it. Whatever you need, he's got it. 
You need mercy, you need grace, you need wisdom, you need joy, you need peace, you need love, you need encouragement. Listen, Jesus has it for you. Come and receive the blessing of being known by him. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That's why we can say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because he takes care of his sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. This is the blessing of being led. This is not just referring to following Jesus for salvation, but this is a present tense, it's a current, an active verb. We are to be following him because he is leading. He's not letting us just wander through life. He wants us to come behind him. But we struggle to do this. We struggle to trust him with the plan. We struggle to trust him with the direction. We know that he's got the destination of the journey in control, but how we get there isn't always how we're hoping to get there. The psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. We're kind of like, yeah, can I just avoid the valley of the shadow of death altogether? The psalmist doesn't say that that's an option. But the psalmist also said that he is with us. He's leading us. He cares for us. They follow me. Let's keep reading in the verse. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish. This is the blessing of eternal life. This is one of the clearest descriptions in all of scripture of our security and salvation in Jesus Christ. Our salvation is not dependent on our weak human efforts and attempts at holiness, but on God's given grace. I give them eternal life. You didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. It's given by faith in Jesus. We then belong to him, and we have the blessing of eternal security. Wages of sin is death paid for, atoned for through the work of Jesus, if we believe in him. That's awesome. The blessing of eternal life. And then this next one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. Did you know that in Jesus Christ you are unsnatchable? This is the blessing of protection. Unsnatchable. Think about that for a second. You're like, how do I know I'm completely unsnatchable? Look at verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Jesus is like, the Father and I got you. Don't worry about it. You don't have to fret. You don't have to worry. You don't have to freak out. You don't have to stress because God is protecting you. Because God cares for you. Listen, and if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you belong to him, he's holding on to you. And he's not just holding on to you, just kind of loosely hoping that you keep holding on back to him. He has you in his hand. And he cares for you and I. Our protection and eternal life then is not dependent on our feeble grip on Christ, but on his firm grip on us. How good is that? How refreshing is that? How freeing is that in some ways? To know he's got me. He's taking care of me. He's protecting me. Direction, being known, being led, eternal life, protection, all amazing benefits that so often we don't take advantage of. That's just the reality. Think about it like this. Maybe at your work you have uh, dental coverage and um, you have a toothache. I'm notorious for this. And I'll say to my wife, I gotta make a dentist appointment. She's like, why, does your tooth hurt? Yeah, how long has it been hurting for? Oh, like six weeks. Like, what's wrong with me? Just like, like your tooth hurts? Make the, make the, anybody else like that? Or am I the only one, right? And so like time goes by and then you're like, okay, I guess I should, I guess I should go to the dentist. And because I have a 
some dental package that I can go and have it taken care of. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's a gift. That's a blessing. Spiritually speaking, though, you've seen the benefit package now that we ignore, that we sit back and try to do life on our own. And we're like, no, you know what? I can figure it out. And I'll just be honest with you. The reason that I fail to use the benefits and receive the benefits and the blessings that the Lord has for me so often are because of these two words, I wonder and I worry. I wonder whether God's really gonna take care of me like he says he is. And I worry that it's not gonna be as easy as I want it to be. I wonder, am I really gonna have to go through the valley of the shadow of death? And I worry that it's not gonna be all that fun. And so instead of relying on the Lord who would graciously take me and carry me through, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go over here and try and do my own thing. That's absolutely foolishness. But we all do it all the time. I don't know if God cares. Does he really know my situation? I'm gonna gonna have to ignore his leading because it doesn't make sense to me right now. I gotta focus on today and tomorrow. Meanwhile, he's got all of eternity figured out. And when we fail to rely on the Lord's blessings and the benefits that he has for us, listen, it's worse than trying to do your own dental work. Don't do your own dental work. On behalf of dentists everywhere, I commend that to you. Don't, like, but that's spiritually what we try to do. Um, You know what, I'm gonna figure this out on my own. Listen, God loves you so much that he did not spare his own son, but gave him, and he promises to take care of you. Now, this doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. You're still likely going to have to walk through some valleys that are shadowy and deathy, but the Lord is with you. Life isn't always easier with Christ, but it's better because you know he's got you. He's taking care of you. He's watching over you. So let's go through this again and think through these and how can we can apply them. My sheep hear my voice, the blessing of direction. God is speaking. The question is, are we listening? Honestly, are we listening? The time for wondering what God wants is over. He's speaking. The time for worrying about what God thinks is done because he is speaking. The question is, are we listening? In reality, what needs to happen is we need to get our fingers, spiritually speaking, out of our ears because we're just trying to figure it out on our own and we need to get God's word into our hearts. God has given us this this one tangible thing that he's left with us here on earth until he returns that we can go to. to, If you want God to speak, you gotta get in his word. Now, sometimes what happens is we're out of practice with listening. And so we'll open God's word and be like, I really need to hear from him. Like, I got a big decision to make, so I guess I should probably go and ask God, like, you know, and, and pray and, you know, you know, do the, you know, you know, things, which we hardly can articulate because we haven't been doing them. And so you open God's word and you read a little bit and then you get to the end and you're kind of just like, well, I didn't feel like he was speaking. It's not a question of whether he's speaking or not. The question is, are we listening and are we willing to hear? Because he is speaking. But what happens often is we get out of practice with listening. Flip open the book, read a couple of chapters, read a few verses, close the book. I didn't feel anything. He must not be speaking. Did we give him a chance? Did we sit in it? Did we pray? Did we try and rest in whatever it is that he is teaching us through his word? This week, I want to encourage you to take and receive the blessing of direction, maybe in a fresh way, 
and go slow into God's word and say, Lord, would you lead me? Would you teach me? I want to listen. My sheep hear my voice. Will you hear his voice this week? My sheep hear my voice and I know them. So much comfort here. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. John 14, Jesus promises when he leaves, he will send his helper, the Holy Spirit. If you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. He is with you all the time. That means that even though you're in the valley of the shadow of death, it can feel like a meadow because Jesus is with you. Because he's got you. He's taking care of you. He's protecting you. Now, is it always going to be easy? No, it's going to be difficult. In fact, in John 16, verse 33, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He knows it's going to be tough in this life, but he wants us not to worry because he's with us. So if, if he knows what's going on, do we really need to worry as much as we do? The answer is no. Your worrying and my worrying are adding nothing to our situation. Knowing that God knows our situation should cause us to kind of step back and be like, okay, I can kind of relax a little bit. I don't have to try and manipulate this and try and fix this and try and make it how I think it should be because God Almighty, creator, sustainer of the universe who loved me and sent his son for me knows. And I can have some peace in that. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't go and talk to him and make your requests known to him and continue to do that. But are we willing to make our requests known to him and then leave them with him and say, okay, God, you know what I need and I'll keep coming and asking you, but I'm going to seek to walk in obedience and faithfulness. Reality is we're probably more likely to walk in the faithfulness part, but we're not usually that good at the obedience part. God, I need you to take care of this, and I know that you can, and we genuinely believe that, but I'm still going to do my own thing here. He knows, and we need to follow the way that he's leading. That's the next thing here, and they follow me. They follow me. Are you willing to leave your worries, your things that cause you so much anxiety? with his knowing. And then are we willing to let him lead? And I'll be honest with you, it's hard sometimes to let him lead. It's best, but it's hard. You think about the psalmist as he writes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff of a, a shepherd are meant to come alongside the side of the sheep and just kind of tap him and say, hey, you're, you're getting off the path there a little bit. Let me, let me get you off. You're on the... Edge of a cliff, dumb sheep. What is wrong with you? Like, come on back over here. And that's what the Lord does with us. He comes along gently and he leads us and says, no, that's, you're going to hurt yourself. Don't do that. I love you. So we kind of walk back and things are good for a little while. And he's like, no, come back. Come back over here a little bit. And, and in honesty, in hindsight, there's some times where I'm like jumping off the path and I'm like, why didn't you just hit me with the stick? That would have been easier. But that's not what he does. In gentleness and kindness, he, he leads us and he guides us. Now, so much of how he does that is through his word and by his spirit. The question is, are we receiving the nudges that the Lord is giving us? 
often we're looking for just please like a giant light with an arrow that's just like, go here, do this. But that's not how he works. In gentleness and love, he walks along with us. He is leading. Are we following? Maybe you need to ask yourself today, what is the Lord calling you to do? Where is he calling you, where is he calling you to go or not go? Or what is he calling you to stop? How is he trying to lead that you are resisting, essentially? Your wonder and your worry about whether it's going to go the way that you're hoping it's going to go is causing you to wander. Maybe even today you need to confess, Lord, I've, I've gotten way off the path. And I need to come back. Come back to your guiding. Come back to your leading. Listen, he loves you. And we know that he does because he offers this to us. Here's the next one. I give them eternal life. I give them eternal life. This is ultimate security that we have through Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have this blessing. If you have put your faith and trust in him, you have this blessing. But what this blessing should do, understanding that he has given you eternal life, it should make the timeline that we think about a lot longer than the next few weeks, days, months, and years. And that should cause us to worry less about the things essentially of this earth. They should grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace and all of eternity that we have with him. And that's hard for us because we get so nearsighted sometimes. And we just are thinking about what tomorrow is and what the next day is. And, what, and, and it's not that those things aren't important, but God is saying, listen, I've got eternity figured out for you, my child. You belong. I've got it figured out. So trust me. Again, it's, it's more motivation to rest in him. Now, maybe you're like, okay, rest in him for all eternity, but tomorrow is going to be tough. Maybe you have some situation going on that you're like, I know I, he's got eternity, but I got this situation right now. Look at the last one, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Do you need protection? Is your future scary? Is your future overwhelming? Your situation, your circumstance to be seeming to be unbearable? He has you in his hand and he will take care of you. The question is, are we willing to stay there? He's not going to let go, but sometimes we're like pulling him all over the place, trying to figure out our own thing. And he's like, no, I've got you, child. Let me hold on to you. This, verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand has been such a blessing to me this week. There is rest in the protection that God has for his people. For sure, that's a blessing for somebody in this room right now. It's been a blessing for me that no one can snatch us out of his hand if our faith is in him. Secure. You might have to go through the valley of the shadow of death, but he's with you. He is walking with you. He loves you, and he cares for you. Listen, believing brings major major benefits. The question is, are we taking advantage of these benefits? This is the benefit package. Our world longs for direction. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. I don't know how to... God's giving that. I want to be known. I want to be cared for. I want to be loved. Think about who it is that knows us. I don't know what to do. I need to be led. Listen, Jesus is doing that, and he's doing it in a way that protects us and guides us to honor him. I don't know what tomorrow's going to be like. 
listen, I know that he's protecting me, but I know that this is the best retirement package that anyone can ever offer anybody. Eternal life in Jesus. So sweet for anyone who's a follower of Jesus. If this is you today, maybe you look at that and you're like, okay, yeah, there's some things on there that I have not been receiving. I've been trying to do on my own. And I need to repent of that. I need to start trusting the Lord more. It's not easy in this life, but I know he has what I need. And maybe you're here and you're looking at those things and maybe one of them popped off the screen to you and you're like, yeah, I can't do this on my own anymore. And Jesus is saying, listen, come and be forgiven. No longer be like the sheep that don't believe. Be one of the sheep who believe and belong. He loves you. He cares for you. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life. Listen, and he doesn't just say that he lays down his life. He actually did it. 